0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another Ask Zach. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about jazz masters, and uh, th- this is based on my kind of jaundiced or, or negative view of uh, of jazz masters. You know, during my lifetime of playing the guitar, and it's just that I never spent time with one, and I didn't get it. And like so many things, it's like you got to you got to dig in and uh, you know and really play one and live with one for a little bit to really get. What the jazz master is all about, and why uh, you know where they're applicable and uh, and such. So that's what today's episode is about. Why a jazz master? All right. So if you've been watching the show and enjoying it, please go down in the corner and subscribe. If you've already subscribed and you'd like to support the show, then please go to askzack.com and you can go to the store there and you can pick up a nice shirt like this or a hat or a mug, or there's also tip jar information in the description of this video. All right. So first off, we need to talk about this Jazzmaster that I have today. So uh, Dan Strain, Danocaster, uh, let me borrow this guitar. This is a 1965 Jazzmaster, and uh, it has been refinished. Uh, Dan got the guitar from uh, Groon a couple of years back, and uh, it was it had been stripped, and so it uh, you know it looked like Elvis Costello's jazz master that he played you know during his heyday. But uh, he decided to uh, uh, refinish it, and he did this beautiful Olympic white you know refin on it. Looks amazing, of course. And uh, let me just tell you a bit about, you know, this era of Jazzmaster. So 1965 is the only full year where you get uh, dot markers and binding on the neck. The headstock is still uh, a bit smaller. It will get larger in 66. And uh, and this is very, very unique. Are these tuners. So these are Fender Grover machine heads, and they have these really cool kind of Artfully squared-off-looking purloid buttons on them, and uh, if on the back here, on the round part of the housing, it has a backwards F on there. You know the Fender logo, the Fender F, and uh, it's very, very cool. Uh, you know maple neck, uh, round lamb. You know the thin veneer fingerboard, alder uh, body. Uh, you got gray bottom pickups. Uh, normal, you know, Jazzmaster wiring, you've got the, the witch hat knobs. Um, this is a bit of a mongrel and it's got an earlier uh, tremolo system here. This is the patent pending with the stiffer spring that like Nels Klein and some other guys like that's actually from the early sixties, not from the mid sixties. And probably the biggest modification on the instrument besides the refin it's got the uh, mastery bridge and the mastery of course allows you to use uh, you know 10 you know 10 through 46 or lighter on a on one of these guitars because they they have very little break angle if you if you look here if you can see it but the string has very little break angle and on you know using a vintage bridge you really need to use heavier strings at least twelves or such but the mastery allows you to uh, you know, use lighter gauge strings and that they uh they stay put. So that's a nice modification. So yeah, that's uh that's the guitar. And again a uh, masterful uh you know refin by old Dan. And uh yeah. Alright, so of course I, I started off by playing uh you know some uh Ventures, which of course they use Jazz Masters a lot until they went to Mose Wright guitars. And then I played um Uh, a little bit of uh, Only Daddy That'll Walk the Line. And the reason I did that was because uh, Wayne Moss, who played guitar on that, used a Jazzmaster. And so, uh, you know, most of the time you don't think of a Jazzmaster as a good chicken picking instrument, but it it does quite well, you know. too shabby. Uh, so again, this video has made me kind of understand the Jazzmaster. So first I had to get the fact that the Jazzmaster has a lot of different tones in it, but it's always kind of thinner and wider than most other Fender guitars. So it just has kind of more of a high, I guess hi-fi is kind of, you know, what you would call it. But, uh, it's like, you know, when you go to the back pickup, I mean, it's a really ringy, you know, Also, you know, you can you can chicken pick on it. And, and one of the things that's really cool is that you can do pedal steel type bends and use the tremolo bar on it. And that's because it doesn't go out of tune as much as like a, a strat tremolo would if it were floating. And that's just because of this design. So I can do something like here. I'll, I'll do some pedal steel type bends. And then while I'm, while I still have it bent, I can use the vibrato on here. Now, of course you can also do this on a, on a guitar with a Bigsby, but you know, most of the time Bigsby's are on, you know, 335s or, you know, you know, Gretsch's or something like that. And this really has a more of a, you know, bright twangy sound. And then with this really cool tremolo. So here's an example of that. So that's really nice because part of the, the the challenge in trying to replicate pedal steel stuff is the fact that you don't just have the uh, the one of the notes changing and the other ones staying the same, but you also have the fact that the pedal steel player is able to move the bar and get vibrato while they're doing it, and so that kind of allows you to do that, and you can do all these you know pretty things. pretty so that's that's the bridge pickup which again is really uh you know it's kind of wide and thin and then really the best sound in my opinion you know from this guitar is is both pickups which normally I don't like dual pickup sounds like on tellies that's the sound I use the least I'll either use the neck or the bridge pickup most of the time I usually don't use together on a strat same thing I don't like the combination sounds I like single pickups Uh, Les Paul's 335, same thing. So, but this has a really cool, uh, you know, dual pickup sound. Here, I might as well go full on, get some delay going. sound for you know for single notes or uh, or, or chords uh, yeah and that's another quality of this instrument it really it really does you can strum on it well you know un- unlike some others The back pick up, back pickup again, then here's the the neck pickup. <laughs> so even the neck pickup still is a little more open sounding, and I've seen guys put Jazzmaster pickups in you know like the neck position on a telly and I was kinda of like why would you want to do that? But now I now I get it because again you have this kind of wide but more open sound and you can even place you, know. mm-hmm. you know that sounds really nice on on this. So yeah, these are really, really cool guitars. Now, I'm not going to go out and, and buy one, but now I get it. So, I'm, you know, thankful to Dan Strain for, uh, you know, kind of killing my uh, prejudice to Jazzmasters, because I kind of thought they were kind of this, you know, kind of weird, ugly duckling, you know, mistake by Leo Fender. I know that's totally horrible on on, on my count, but uh, yeah, I get it now. You know, they, uh, and I also get it why a lot of players that use big pedal boards and a lot of effects like Jazz Masters, And that's because of the thin, wide sound allows you to put more effects on it. Because if you put that on an, on another guitar, it's going to get bogged down in it. But because of the, the wider sound that doesn't have as much mid-range to it, you can put fuzz and flange and a bunch of stuff on there and it still kind of sounds like something instead of mush. So, I get it. I get it now. So, very thankful to uh, Dan for letting me borrow this. So now, a little bit of lesson. Uh, so this is just a cool thing that I learned uh, from Dan Strain, and uh, I just thought it was fun. And it's a nice movable chord shape. So, so I'll just play it and then I'll describe it. <laughs> All right, so of course you have your normal kind of D you know chord that's in kind of the A shape, and then you have this, uh, which we're, we end up you know kind of moving around. So you have your uh, on the A string, you're on the ninth fret, and on the D string you're on the seventh fret, and on the G string you're on the ninth fret, and so you get this, and then you move it down two frets. And this shape can be moved all over. So experiment with that. But uh, so I like using it in the key in the key of D, you know, because you get this because this this voicing it's it's really just an e7 you know the last one but it just sounds interesting because of how the notes are spread apart uh, when I when Dan was playing you know something like that not exactly like that he he was actually playing it in the key of e and you get different you know because of the the open strings it sounds even more kind of I get what, uh, you know, more, you know, major, major sounding less, uh, you know, less like sixth or or something like that. So you get this kind of thing. As opposed to playing in D where you get. So all right, so that's the uh, the Jazzmaster, and we're going to do a little bonus for today because uh, you know this is another guitar that Dan let me borrow, and uh, so I'm just going to grab this real quick. So just for a little bonus, this is a 1967 uh, Starfire Five by Guild, and uh, Dan, let me borrow this also. And these are really, really cool guitars, and they're a lot more affordable than a 335. And uh, they, uh, they kind of, they, you can watch out for different models because the red ones have mahogany bodies. And then the the other colors have a maple body, which is like a 335, but the mahogany body gives it a warmer sound than a 335 and really makes for a killer bridge pickup sound. However, it gets a little dark for the neck. So what Dan did was Dan got a Jason Lawler Firebird pickup and stuck it in there and it fits in there well. He just needed a different uh, surround on it and uh, yeah, he was able to pop that in. So So, for all you guys that are, you know, kind of 335 mad and, and, you know, can't afford, you know, uh, one from 59 through 65, these are much more affordable. They're very, very cool. They're similar build, similar quality, uh, and you can kind of mess with them if you want to. Uh, Yeah, and 67 is a really cool year because of the, the change in construction on them and such. So, anyway, so this is just a little bonus. Something to to check out if you're uh, you know jonesing for a vintage 335, but don't want to pay you know 20 grand. So, these are out there and they're really cool. All right, guys, well, I hope you have a good week, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.